So we sit here today on August 18th, 2018, at the first International Vestibular Rehabilitation Conference in, where are we? Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. And we sit here with Dr. Susan Herdman. And Dr. Herdman initially received her bachelor's degree in biology from Vassar College, then went on to the University of Pennsylvania to complete her certificate in physical therapy and eventually completed her PhD in anatomy there as well. She completed a postdoc fellowship with the Department of Anatomy at the University of Pennsylvania. Her teaching career has spanned over three decades, and she's been on the faculty at the University of Maryland, Johns Hopkins University, University of Miami, and Emory University. She was the program director for the PT department at Emory, and over her career, she has supervised a number of doctoral and postdoctoral students, as well as being a mentor to many individuals. She's been a member of the NASA Advisory Committee for the Physiologic Effect of the Prolonged Space Travel on the Vestibular System. She's published over 70 articles and written many book chapters. She has also published the Bible, if you will, of vestibular rehabilitation, which is the cornerstone reference for, the, for all vestibular therapists. Mm -hmm. In 1998, she developed the course Vestibular Rehabilitation, a competency-based course, which has run for over 20 years and has had over 4,000 participants. She was the founding chair of the Vestibular Rehab Special Interest Group in 1996 and has served on the nominating committee for the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy. Dr. Herdman was awarded the Excellence in Research Award by the Academy of Neurologic Physical Therapy in 2000, Catherine Worthingham Fellow of the APTA in 2001, the John Manley Award for Innovative Clinical Practice by the APTA in 2003, the Marion Williams Research Award in 2009, the service to the Vestibular Rehab SIG um, in 2010, and the Golden Synapse Award for the Best Journal Article in 2011. That was just a snapshot of what was and continues to be an amazing career. But my question for you is, let's go back, and what made you decide to become a physical therapist? <laughs> Oh, I have to remember that far back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was a volunteer in our local hospital as um, probably a junior in high school, somewhere, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe even a little sooner. And um, I worked on the floors as a, as a, you know, doing whatever the nurses told me they wanted to do. And one day I was feeding uh, a child who just had... Um, NG tube? No. no. Cleft palate surgery. You Thank go. you. And um, uh, the packing in his mouth had come loose. Some of the sutures had come loose. And so he was crying because it kept flipping back into his throat. And, and so I got the nurses, and they had to call the physician before they could do anything. And now this was a long time ago, so nursing practice has changed a lot since then. But I realized that I did not want to be in a be in a profession where I had to rely that much on the physicians. That that was you know to have to call them to get permission to do what which was obvious needed to be done, you know. So um, the next year I volunteered in the physical therapy department <clears throat> just by chance, and I just loved it, absolutely loved it, and. Um, Bob Ziegenfuss, who was who was the head of the department, was a great mentor. I mean, he let us try different things. He would explain things. 
Um, so it was just a, a, a great experience, mm-hmm. and I've, I've loved it ever since. So how did you become interested in vestibular therapy and vestibular research? <laughs> oh, listen, I, I think... Um, I think I'd have to describe my entire career as a series of, of things that I would label serendipity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. So I, my PhD was primarily looking at recovery of function in patients uh, or in, in actually animal models with nervous system lesions. Um, and that was what I was primarily interested in doing. And I was at the University of Maryland. My then husband was at Johns Hopkins in the neurology department, and so I knew the guys over there. And they kept asking me to see their vestibular patients. And I kept saying, no, I didn't want to do that because I was trying to focus more on research. And um, the physical therapy department decided that they were going to have a faculty practice, which all of us were supposed to be involved in. Now, I want to just as a side mention here, that the all of us must be involved in tended turned out to be just the women because the guys said no and of course nobody pushed them because they were guys i mean life life Mm. is full of things like that but anyway so i said okay i'll do it but if i'm going to do this i'm going to see patients that at least have problems related a little bit to what i'm looking at and so um the guys from hopkins and sent their vestibular patients over to me the first one that i saw was a woman who had had episodes of vertigo for years and in fact had been uh, institutionalized at least twice because she would have these episodes and she probably was had reached a point where she was um, exaggerating the symptoms a little bit I don't know mm-hmm. but she would have these episodes and uh, and so nobody but nobody could see anything you know when she would claim to be so dizzy and falling down and stuff. And finally, she was seen by David Z, who was over at Hopkins, and he sent her to me. She had BPPV, and um, I treated her, and she was fine. And it was like, I was like hooked (laughs) from that very first patient on. It was just such a wonderful feeling that, yeah, that was it. I was really hooked with the whole experience. At the risk of sounding naive, what BPV treatment did you use at that time? You know, I was trying to remember, because this was back in the mid-'80s, so I must have used Brandaroff. Uh-huh. And um, it must have worked. Okay. All <laughs> That's right. all I can yeah. say. But I think part of, for her, part of the experience was that we all believed that she, we believed that there was a real physical problem. Mm-hmm. And um, that relieved a lot of her anxiety, and she was, she was willing to make herself dizzy by doing his exercises. Um, and it helped. Wow. Now, during that time, there wasn't a lot of treatment strategies. So you yeah. were just sort of using your own knowledge base. Yeah. And then when you went back to the literature, what did you find? Well, in the literature, there really was um, Cawthorn Cooksey mm-hmm. and uh, Brant Dareff exercises. Uh, but the people at Hopkins... And I moved there. I moved there mm-hmm. within the year I was at Hopkins. Um, they were doing research on adaptation in the vestibular system. And so this, um, the group of people who were there, David C. and John Lee, um, Tim Hain, Ron Tusa, 
um, and now myself and some otolaryngologists, we would meet every Friday and talk about these patients and what we could do. And David Z suggested that I take a look at maybe taking some of the things they did for adaptation and use it. Um, so I did that, and then also was reading his article on eye movements in patients with BPP with I'm sorry with bilateral vestibular deficits, and the strategies that they use to try to see clearly. And he mm -hmm. described some that led eventually to some of the exercises we do for to induce substitution. So it was really by working with them that these exercises came into being. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't out of a frustration for what was it? Because we often hear that people go into a certain area because they were frustrated over the lack of knowledge. But you had some of the experts at that time yeah. access to them, and so it was more of a positive of, let's see what else we can yeah, do. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't ever remember being frustrated by a lack of exercises because we were just developing them mm -hmm. as we went. So it was very exciting. Hmm. So what was your first research uh, study. <laughs> oh dear. My very first or the first well, one related to vestibular? How about let's go with study. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Almost we knew, we knew, well, actually it's one I never finished. Okay, mm -hmm. we knew that the, um, uh, the air signals necessary to induce adaptation of the vestibular ocular system. And so I was trying to develop a way of inducing adaptation in the vestibular spinal system. And uh, the idea was to have a person standing on a force platform and suddenly move the, visu the, the visual world, which would be just straight up and down, which would be a retinal slip error. Mm -hmm. that, that movement is known to induce forward sway or backward sway, depending on whether you go up or down, and that we could use that as a stimulus to produce adaptation. So it's, I, I think it's still a fascinating idea. I don't think anybody's ever done it. Um, my work evolved f instead of in that direction, which was okay because this was a, um, what was it, career development award. So it was fine that I went off track for that and did more with the development of the exercises. Mm. Yeah. But that was the first one that I didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first one I did finish was proving the showing the effort together. It was amazing, yeah. And so, yeah, and then I got another one, and then I got another one. <laughs> yeah, four is enough. <laughs> so before we conclude, you've got to tell us about the spin doctors. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, this was a, a way of earning money for the Foundation of Physical Therapy. The spin doctors were uh, Courtney Hall and Jennifer Braswell Christie and myself. And uh, we decided to do a Ironman triathlon as a team and have people support us and we would donate the money to the foundation. And it was great. So Jennifer did the 2.2 mile swim in a lake. And then Courtney did the, oh, how long is the bike? It's forever. Um, can't remember the distance. It's either 118 miles or or more. Um, and then I did the the um, 22 mile run at the end. Wow. Yeah. So it was really fun. I was exhausted. I obviously I had to wait till Courtney finished. And there's one part of this course. The first time she went through, I thought this is great. I only have to wait so many hours till she's back. And 
And then she didn't show it. She, she was tired. <laughs> There's one part of the course that has this 11% grade, which is pretty steep mm-hmm. for riding a bike, and it just was wiping people out. Not They weren't having accidents, mm-hmm. but people were walking their bikes yeah. up at the second mm-hmm. time. So, so it was almost dark when I started my run, wow. but it was fun. It was, How it was, much it was money great. did you raise? I don't even know now. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah, but it was just, yes, the spin doctor. So that was a great name. Well, they're they're oh, both yeah. vestibular therapists, right. so mm-hmm. yeah. I thought that fit. Very fitting. Yeah. Before we finish, what would you say to a new graduate? What recommendation yeah. do you have for them? Somebody coming right in onto the profession. Oh, my gosh. Um, I would probably, one is suggest that they spend time, their first place be a general practice and ideally in a hospital so they see lots of different kinds of patients um, a lot I know today a lot of people go right into private practice and I think you lose out on on the richness of all the possibilities in physical therapy there's so much that we do so I'd like to see them do a more general practice first and then decide what what um, aspect of physical therapy they want to specialize in. Mm. Yeah. And read the literature. <laughs> read, read the literature, the please. <laughs> well, we both thank you very much for spending the time with us here and uh, have really enjoyed our time together. <laughs> thank so thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you for many more years. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for this opportunity. It has been fun. Yes, thank you. Great. <laughs> All right. Okay. The only thing, and I didn't know how to do this, is my first.